Hey listeners, Brian here with a quick announcement before the show. We have five unique codes to give away for digital copies of Batman The Doom That Came to Gotham, the new DC animated film. All you have to do to win is tweet at us at DC3Cast with your favorite DC animated film and we will randomly draw five uh, entries to win. If you don't have Twitter, you can send us an email to brian at multiversitycomics.com with the same information, your favorite DC animated film, and we will draw from uh, those entries for the winners. The deadline to enter is um, April 14th, 2023. So get those in ASAP. Remember, just tweet at DC3Cast or email brian at multiversitycomics.com with your favorite DC animated movie for a chance to win Batman The Doom That Came to Gotham. Thank you for Warner Brothers Digital for providing this, and good luck. Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 Cast. My name is Brian, with me as always are Vince and Zach. And we are here to talk about the final four chapters in the Flash One Minute War. So, boys, we had last talked about this a couple months ago. I think we all liked where the One Minute War was going. Um, before we get into some specifics of it, I, I want to ask, is this the best Flash status quo in at least 20 years? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I think so too. This is at least probably since since um even though I didn't read it, I would say like since the first John's run ended and since Infinite Crisis is what I'll say probably. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I think I agree with that. <clears throat> Went that cuz that was when Wally went away for a bit and Bart was the flash and my understanding is that wasn't very good. <laughs> That's probably true. Yes. <clears throat> um, but yeah. Uh, so let's get into this. Um, Vince, what'd you think of this event now that we're through it? I think, I think it was, one of the best um like non I know it's an event but like what what do you call an event that only takes place within one book other than just a story arc right I think it's just a, a, it's just a story arc essentially yeah. yeah 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 it's one of the best ones of those like traditional epic story arcs within one book that I feel like we've gotten in a long time. I can't remember. I tried to think I can't, I couldn't pull anything like when the last time a big arc did this much felt this good, accomplished as much with all of its characters that kind of coincide with this book was as satisfying. I have a couple minor complaints, but like when it comes to just, um, nuts and bolts like superhero comic booking. This is the best I, I I feel like we've gotten from DC in a while. Um, all told, my one major criticism is I didn't love a lot of the art, and 
I, I like Roger Cruz a lot. That stuff didn't bother me. I didn't like when some other artists started um, getting yeah. mixed, getting thrown in the mix there. It didn't always feel coherent. Some of it wasn't particularly good uh, to my tastes. Um, so that was one thing. Also, the villains across this arc, and we can get a little bit more into that later if you want to, but they were fairly generic for my taste. I, I didn't think the villains were great. That said, I, I reread the entire arc today because I had the okay. day off. So I, I took a little Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, like their actual page time or participation in the arc itself is really minimal, I think, compared to uh, some other arcs we've read of other books, of other events. Like, they don't have a lot going on, but we also don't spend an inordinate amount of time with them. They just exist to create a conflict. I really think the story here is the Flash family and the incredible job that that Adams did giving everybody their time, their role, uh, relationships between characters, bouncing them off of one another, giving everybody a triumphant moment. Um, that's the story here, not the not the conflict. Yeah, I, I think that's really well said. I think that one of the things that I have been missing for so long with The Flash is this idea of the Flash family. And we've talked about this ad nauseum. It's not news to anybody. But like you said, Vincey, this really gave almost every single member of the Flash family a marquee moment, something very cool to do, a bit of triumph, and a reminder of why they are important to the overall family. Like, it's one thing to give every hero their own little um, spotlight, but the Liberty Bell thing made sense for that character. The Jay Garrick thing made sense for that character. The Gold Beetle thing made sense for that character. Like every character not only had a cool moment, but it, it it worked within who their character is and what their character's role in the overarching Flash world is. Like it's just such a masterclass in how to in how to present a large group of characters. Because of that, you asked what the last time there was a book that felt this or an event that felt this, you know, satisfying, contained, whatever. It's a bigger event because it ran across a couple of books. And the art is imperfect in both, but I think better in this other event. It kind of gave me Sinestro Corps war vibes mm -hmm. in terms of just like the scope for that book has never was never bigger than Sinestro Corps until you were getting outside of it with you know Blackest Night and all that. But this felt as big to the Flash books as Sinestro Corps War felt to the Green Lantern books. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think Yeah, it's a it's a effect <clears throat> it's effect on the DCU is probably much, much less, but but I think I think on the whole you're right. I I feel like mm, I I I don't know that I would go that far because I don't feel like this furthers. So I'm of two minds. I'm going to say that this does not further the Flash story in a significant way in the way that 
it moves the flash into like the next significant like flash saga per se especially because like the adams run is winding down now and we know it's gonna end um but the thing that did impress me the most about this arc is that it did actually move the flash characters forward in more meaningful ways than i think comics cape comics are usually able to do yeah i wonder how much of that not moving the flash story along is because adams isn't gonna get the chance to follow this up sure yeah that yeah i well probably that you know like if if there if adams was getting to tell more stories than this could well i you know again i maybe you know would he do more stuff with the fraction who knows you know what like the sinestro core war from like a like world building and like plot building standpoint is kind of in a completely different league but what this does for like all the flash characters is really interesting you know where it leaves wally and his family and barry and his family and especially like um um max and bart is like the most interesting thing i think um so yeah i don't know i i am like really kind of sad that adams is leaving very soon after this because there are a lot of good ideas on display here yeah yeah absolutely um I I want to talk specifically about a couple of moments that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Irie throughout this. Mm. I think that the moment that she has with um, Liberty Bell slash Jesse Quick, where they say Flash Girls Forever, was a really, really, really wonderful moment. The the way that she used uh, Jay as the wrecking ball mm-hmm. was great. Um, I love her new code name of Thunderheart. I think there's just a lot of really good Irie stuff here. If if we have any Patreon listeners listening, on our last Q and A, we were asked to um, build a Teen Titans team. I think it was both Zach and I had Irie in our team, right? I didn't know. I think I did. I oh, did. it was me and me and Vince. Okay, yeah. I, I I didn't include her because she's not really a teenager. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I forgot about your pedantic <laughs> bullshit. Um, but uh, yeah, but I, was I, Scarlett I, Johansson in? Uh, <laughs> Home Alone 3, Zach. She was a teenager. Okay. I wasn't a, te- I wasn't a teenager. So you should have no. been watching that movie is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I would love to see Irie have a bigger role in DC going forward, but I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like this uh, of any... Um, like take that I'll have uh, that would get me um, maybe not canceled, but like laughed out of uh, like cool comic book Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm most sad that um, gold beetle might not be a thing anymore because I love mm. that character. <laughs> no, it, and it's, and gold beetles handled really well here. I love, so there's a moment where, like Wally can't figure out why all these characters are alive. And Gold Beetle's like, you told me to save everybody. So I did. And just that like simple moment of you see her connection to Wally and how seriously she takes what he said. 
And it's just a really nice moment. There's a couple of those really nice moments that don't feel overly manufactured, but just feel sort of natural. Yeah, I think Cole Beetle was great in this. They're they're um I I feel like another like thing that I am, at least in terms of like online, very much in the minority about is I'm a big fan of the Stephen Moffat Doctor Who era. And so much of like the Jeremy Adams run and the Gold Beetle character, and especially this arc, feels like that incarnation of Doctor Who to me. Um oh, man. That's... it's like what that's spot on from from what i've seen really yeah yeah it it feels like to a t it is very much like that and so um that part of the reason probably why i i do like have a fondness for it is because it, it really feels like that to me so and also probably why a lot of people don't like it <laughs> or just from what i've seen have had have had issues with this run i can't imagine having issues with this run <laughs> it, it, it it's just it's just so up my alley for a lot of this hello denizens of earth 1218 we are the hosts of make mine multiversity a twice monthly podcast i'm jayna and i'm elias make mine multiversity is your handy guide to all things marvel each month we get into it with long looks at the careers of marvel creators characters themes whatever Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. Uh, but we should talk about the one thing that's getting a lot of people mad, which is what we alluded to before, which is that this book kind of undoes the last vestiges of Heroes in Crisis. Yeah. Who's mad about that? Oh, there are people online mad about that. No, no, they are not. Yeah, I've seen I've seen people whose takes that I usually align with or like agree with who were who think that this is bad and dumb. And I, I just like I don't get it. I'm I'm perplexed. That's insane to me. Heroes of Crisis was terrible. Let's not forget how terrible it was. And it really sullied Wally's character. After bringing Wally back, they made Wally this murderer. So why and are this... they mad that this undoes it? Because I think they feel like this. I mean, look, I think I think it's like pandering or like, yes, yes, or or, or I don't know. What are you reading comics for other than to be pandered to? <laughs> there, There is an argument that comics are like improv comedy where you're supposed to yes and what happens before you. Right. And so you're supposed to deal with what happened and then use that, you know, status quo or whatever to to push things forward and they felt like maybe this is a little bit too much of just doing what you want to do and ignoring you know you're michael scott pulling out the gun when you do this right <laughs> instead of actually like taking the story and going with it but the story sucked it was poorly written it was out of character and i don't know a single person who stands for heroes in crisis and so to bring those characters back makes total sense to me and uh as zach knows blue jay was part of james robinson's jla so i'm happy to see blue jay back yep yep um yeah no i'm totally fine with it and i thought it was done in a way that like makes sense all of the like weird flash mythology stuff of this arc made sense the stuff about like you know how the the way the speed force works and like the fact that like flashes live in space but like outside of time or something you know like that they, they are these like weird paradoxes that aren't affected by continuity it's all like very dumb comic book stuff but i'm 
1000% here for it. And I, I thought it was very cool the way it was all explained. And I, I thought the, you know, the way that the heroes in crisis stuff was explained made sense too. And I, I didn't keep up with all this run. Um, so I definitely may have missed things, but I'm very like fascinated by the, all the references to like future Wally doing stuff with gold beetle and, uh, man. Yeah, this is, it's just cool. I, I like it. It it just this just feels like the first time in a while that the Flash hasn't been trying to be something else. Like I I, w- I was a fair enough. I mean I, w- I was a big enough fan of Josh Williamson's Flash when I thought that was good, but to me that didn't really lean into the Flash mythology enough for my taste. Like I just I think that this is a really fantastic exploration of all the cool shit the Flash has. And yeah. I love that there was, you know, that Mr. Terrific was a part of this. And I love that, you know, Wally's family, that, it, that it's still a Wally book and it's going to be a Wally book even after uh, Adam's leaves. Like, we've had enough Barry books for a while. It's good to get a Wally book back. I love I love everything he did with this in the broad strokes. We've mentioned this in the past, and I think it's, it's worth a mention again, how the art has been dog shit for most of this run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I think that has stopped this from getting the critical kudos that it deserves because I mean and look it's fair comics are a visual medium we want the comics to look good but I don't think it's Adam's fault that the books did not look as good as they should have yeah and I did like you know the art even in, in this arc was very mixed you know i i did really like the roger cruz art mm-hmm. i thought that that was a good fit for this arc you know the fernando passer and stuff passera and like i i generally like his art i don't think it's a, a good fit for the flash um Same. but i have such like a weird association with it in this run like like it is so closely tied to this run now that i do kind of have a fondness for it when i see it it's very weird i don't know um and then some of the other fill-in artists or not fill but you know some of the other artists who worked on this arc like um who who's the artist that had like the very like kind of manga like frenetic manga style um is that george cambodias maybe um i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't call it manga it's like it's not I wouldn't not call it manga though. I mean it's like very <laughs> I think that is what you're talking about. I think it's Cambodeus. Yeah, I think so too. I didn't I didn't hate that. Um yeah, you're right. Now I look at it again, it's not very manga. I I think I was just like in confl- in like conflating that in my head. Um wishful thinking. It's it's <laughs> more like um It looks like something that I might expect to see in like an all ages superhero comic like that DC would publish. You know what? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. It's it's fine. Like it's not very technically good, but it has a flair to it that I can appreciate. And it's like it it fits in like what I would consider you know, the style of like flash art. It has some movement to it. Yeah, it's it it is not 
stiff. The characters look like they're moving. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I do have a question I'm going to say for the end of the show about one piece of art in particular. Um, but I, I, I have to show I have to show some love for when Wally gets into the car and he quotes Bruce Springsteen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just like us. Maybe we were born to run, you know, it's not the best song that this arc references, though. What is the best song this arc references? Do you know what the, the subtitle of the last issue is? I don't know. One more minute. Ah, there we go. <laughs> One of the top ten Weird Al songs, yep. of course. <laughs> I'm standing all alone in the gas station of love, and I've got to use the self service pump. Yeah. We've all been there. We've we've all been there. Um, yeah. Uh, what else about this was good or bad? Um, I. The villains were really bad, like hands down. They they were really, really bad. Um, completely forgettable. Uh, their mo their their motivations weren't very interesting. How everything about them, I think, is pretty forgettable. Yeah. Yeah, I agree um, with that. They even the one time I thought they were going to have an interesting wrinkle is is in the the um the special like one shot where the one of the villains uh, is just a really horny guy that's horny for the empress and <laughs> yep. everything he, his motivation is that he's doing this all for her in the hopes that like he'll get to marry her someday or whatever and i thought they i was hoping they'd do more than that because that was interesting and like very embarrassing for him but they <laughs> kind of dropped i don't know they didn't really do anything with that <laughs> um I, I, yeah they I, did they did reveal that he like was a flash or like had speed force powers at the end but even that was kind of like okay <laughs> yeah 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 really they didn't yeah and that's yep. that's a pretty tropey thing to do too we're like the person who is secret, who is against the against Group X, is actually a member of Group X. Like that, that happens in comics a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was also that bit in the one shot that was all about Godspeed, and then he never showed up again. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine. Like I don't need him to be a part of all of this, but then it makes you wonder, like, well, if Adams isn't writing it anymore. That'll probably right. we'll see him again down the road because he's a a flash rogue and he's been on TV and everything now. But yeah, uh, it certainly won't be a part of this run. Man, I this is just like extreme copium. But I man, I really hope Adams gets like a Gold Beetle miniseries or something. <laughs> I think Gold Beetle will be back. I that's a well received character. If social media is any indication, um. Yeah. I think it's a, it's at least a character that will show up like in a random uh you know whatever the next big event is Gold Beetle will be in a page or two of that. Mm-hmm. I'm uh I'm just really bummed that um Jeremy Adams is not going to be riding Flash and Green Lantern at the same time mm. more than anything. Um 
and yeah, I just, you know, I, I need to go back and read this run all the way from the beginning. Um, because I've like dipped in and out. I like fell out of that. Um, I think it was like the Dr. Fate arc is the one yeah. that I kind of like checked out where they went to gym world and all that stuff. But I, I really all like every time I checked in on this arc, I, I really enjoy, or this run, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think Adams had a very, you know, the, comparing it to the Williamson run, the Williamson run also, I think was technically good, but I think Adams just had a much more interesting voice for the characters and, and kind of some of this, I think he had more freedom to do things than Williamson did. Honestly, I think Williamson's hands were tied in a lot of ways, so I can't really fault him, but he, he had a much longer run and I think Adams has done more in a shorter time than Williams did. Williamson did. He also had the benefit of writing Wally, and Wally is just a more interesting Flash than Barry is. Sure. Yeah, I mean Wally. Wally was in that run a little bit. Yeah, but he wasn't like to... the main one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll also say that I think that one of the things Adams did really well is while this was certainly a self-contained story. With bringing Mister Terrific, who was the other character early on? Was it Green Arrow? That was also like a supporting character in this. That sounds right. Yeah, where you know he had those characters showing up, and it didn't feel like sometimes when the when that happens, the characters just feel so different than they're how they're represented elsewhere. Right? It just feels like this is a this is the the like weird off-brand version of Mr. Terrific. It's not the Mr. Terrific we see elsewhere, but Adams did such a good job giving those characters both a unique voice, but also making it feel like the versions of the characters we came to know and love. So it did connect this book to the overall DC universe in a way that was impressive. And it also, it just made you realize, like, I don't know. It's been a long time since I felt like anybody's version of the flash reminded you how powerful and important the character can be to the DC universe. And this certainly felt like if you, if you don't, if you read this arc, you see how like the flash, I mean, fucking time travel, man. Like there's so much the flash can do. The flash is an important character. And so many times I don't think that, that people write the flash that way. He's written sort of as a minor member of DC's, superhero community and the flash is a really cool character who can do a lot of really cool stuff and beyond all of that like you know action figures smashing together stuff it's just this is he's a character that has a real heart and a real emotional tether because of the family attached to it so i thought this was fantastic and you know if the art was better i would seriously consider binding this run I love all the story of it, but the art just doesn't 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 uh, merit that for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the? How long was this run? What was the first issue? This was. Um, I it was it double shipped for a period of time. And yeah. It started in <clears throat> was that twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. It was, it was 2021. I'm, uh, let's see. I was just kind of curious about that today. I feel like it has to be about 
It's at least two close years. To, close to 30 issues is what I was think, guessing, but especially like once it's all said and done, because um, he still has through, he, he is going, he has a bit in 800, right? Yes. Let's see. So the first issue that he took over was the Flash 768. 68. Okay, so he'll he'll have just a little over 30 issues then yeah. when it, when it's all done. Plus at least there was a couple of annuals and one-shots in there too, I believe. So it'll be about 30 issues when all said or 35 issues when it's all said and done. That's pretty good. That's respectable. That'd be a really nice bind. Yeah, if if, if the art was better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you know, I all of us are obviously bummed out that Adams is leaving this book. I think this does give me a lot of hope for what Adams is going to do with the Green Lantern corner of the universe. Uh, not that I think he can necessarily do this, but with Green Lanterns, because the Green Lantern characters are so different than the Flash characters. But just the fact that he can balance this sort of um, you know, large cast of characters and develop lots of characters at once and not make it just, you know, the the Wally West book, make it something a whole lot bigger to me for a Green Lantern book you kind of have to do that even though I know it's going to be Hal focused you can't do a Hal book that doesn't involve other lanterns at mm -hmm. least in my opinion you shouldn't do that yeah no I yeah I think I I think it bodes really well and we already know at least starting out the art is going to be good <laughs> yes that is true yeah when does uh, that book start is that that starts month? in May in May. Oh, man, man. It's well, this issue long. comes out in, in April, so that's a month. Well, that's, that's true. Month. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, we're just recording this a little bit early. Um, but yeah. And uh, any other last thoughts on the Flash uh, Women at War? It was uh, better. It was better than I expected it to be, I think, because I, I, I didn't think it had the best start, but it it did stick the landing, I think. That's good. It's it's good that you that it's good when we can all agree a comic is good. <laughs> it doesn't happen that often. Uh, Vinci, any final thoughts? Mm, no, I've said it all. <laughs> you said everything that needs to be said. Understand? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Vince, what comes out next time? Uh, I don't know because our box doesn't have everything in it, so I have to go to. Hang on. Talk amongst yourselves. I don't... Fuck it. Let's not even do that. Let's skip Why? it for today. <laughs> because I can't... We don't have a full box. Um, What? You want me to go to League of Comic Geeks? I'll, I'll do it. It's all right. I I, I should have known. Wasn't it's a dumb, do it yourself. a dumb bit anyway. We don't, we don't even read anything anymore. So <laughs> we shouldn't even do it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not exactly true. But, uh, <laughs> you know. I, I got it here. Hang on. It's the week of what, 411? Yeah. Okay, we got, let's see. Uh, Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries, number seven. Batman Incorporated, number seven. Batman The Adventure Continues, season three, number four. Danger Street, number five. Lazarus Planet Revenge of the Gods, number three. Multiversity Harley Screws Up the DCU, number two. Sam Oh, well, yeah, never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. A uh, Sandman Universe, The Nightmare Country, The Glass House, number one. Not enough weird subtitles in that book. You need at least one more. Uh, Superman Lost, number two. Wildcats, number six. And that's it. 
was so hard to do. Thank God I was able to save Vince from that arduous, arduous task. It is. It is hard. Yep. Well, if you need to find two thirds of us, I am on Twitter at Brian is an app. <clears throat> and I'm at the woke of Z. If you need to find Vince, he is going into his second darkness retreat to try to fully figure yes. out this Aaron Rodgers situation. <laughs> yes. The first one didn't get do him, it. Get him the hell out of here. Get that son of a bitch out of here. Well, thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Did either of you guys see that tweet that was like, guess which song this is about? And it was four uh, comments from YouTube on a, on a, on one single song from the 90s. And one was like, this was played at my brother's funeral. The entire uh, the entire funeral hall was sobbing and in tears when they played this song. It was his favorite song. This is a song I listen to every... This is a different comment now. This is a song I listen to every morning when I got up before my chemo. And it helped me face the day. Another one was like, this song makes me think of my uh, boyfriend who I lost in a car accident. Something like that. You know, there were four comments that were like really heartfelt and really deep. And then do you know what the song was? No. I need one more clue here. 90s one hit wonder. Another another clue? No, I'm, I'm just thinking here. Okay. So somebody was a, a played at a funeral, reminded me of a dead boyfriend, listened to it before chemo. What was the fourth one? Uh, just uh, I can't think. I don't know what the fourth one okay, was. But but some, it, something along those something lines. Something along <laughs> those lines. I guess my, one, my only, one week. My, no, that's pretty funny. But okay. <laughs> my, my, my other hint would be that it's 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 just a funny song to imagine having that profound an effect. Sure, on. sure. Um, I'm going to say Tub Thumping. Yes. Wow. No. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs>